Hello everyone and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about how to simplify and savour your motherhood journey. My name is Lucy Good and I'm the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. And today I'm very lucky indeed to be chatting to Amy Taylor-Kabaz from Happy Mama. Um, I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you before I let you say anything, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is one impressive lady. She is a writer, a producer, speaker and mother to three children. After more than a decade covering breaking news and current affairs for the ABC around the country, her traditional career took an unexpected turn when she found herself lost, overwhelmed and diagnosed with a thyroid condition after the birth of her first daughter. So nine years on and two more babies later, she's now the founder and editor of the online magazine for mamas called Happy Mama. She's a host of the Happy Movement podcast, love the name. She runs numerous online programs for mothers all over the world, is an international award-winning coach and best-selling author of Happy Mama, The Guide to Finding Yourself Again. Welcome to the Beanstalk podcast, Amy. Thank you. Thanks, Lucy. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, and we've actually chatted before um, but the other way around I was talking to you so we've got an idea about each other and what we do and we've got quite similar outlooks and ideas um, on life we're both sharers and we like to spread (laughs) (laughs) spread the word about what we believe in but what's interesting is that you were working what you'd call a traditional a typical job mm-hmm. um, and you've changed your focus and I touched on it just a little bit there um, why that happened but you know what was that turning point for you when you said right enough of going out and working for the man as they say over here in Australia um, I'm gonna spread the word about what I believe in and help other sing- other mums. Mm. It was a really slow process for me there were a number of moments where I could have made that decision earlier and I didn't and I now understand because it was there was a lot of fear around who am I if I'm not doing this amazing career that I've spent my life working towards and and really thought that that was who I was so it started when my first was born um, nearly 10 years ago she's 10 in a couple of weeks Um, the first I guess the first cracks of oh I don't know if this is what I want anymore and who am I and oh my God, how am I going to do this motherhood thing with these huge ambitions that I have? But to be honest, I just kept pushing myself. Um, I've always had those really big ambitions and I always had a really hard um, work ethic, which I think a lot of our generation do. We were really taught to believe that we had to work and work hard and we didn't need a man and we could really just get where we wanted to go on our own and I was very much of that generation growing up thinking that I could take on the world and be a foreign correspondent for the ABC. So my first baby came along and although I was diagnosed with a thyroid disease and although I really struggled, I just kept going. Mm. And then another baby came along and the cracks were a little bit deeper but I just kept going. And then we moved to Sydney when my second child was about 18 months old, away from the family support we had, and got that job at the ABC that reminds me of that scene in Devil Wears Prada 
where everyone <laughs> says to her, a million girls would kill for that job. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of got that job here in Sydney and um, I was producing Breakfast Radio with Adam Spencer and it was, you know, the, the dream mm. and um, thought I was doing an awesome job at juggling my life. I was, you know, running around like a crazy woman and getting up at 3.30 a.m. every day, mm. five days a week with two girls, three and one and a half, and they were at the ABC daycare centre downstairs from me at work. Um, and then I'd rush home at midday and squeeze in the yoga class because that's what good the juggling is all about. I feel exhausted already. You know, when I retell this story, Lucy, I actually still get heart palpitations. It still actually brings back quite a visceral memory in, in my body. Um, and then I'd go home and I, ironically, I wrote on my blog, which was all about self-care for mums. Mm, yes. <laughs> and then I'd rush and pick up my girls and I'd try and get them into bed by 7 o'clock because I had to be asleep by 7.30 to get up again at 3.30 the next day. And that was on a good day. You know how children are. Everyone who's listening knows that they don't always go to sleep at 7 and they certainly don't always sleep through the night. So most of the time I was just running on empty and exhaustion and never saw my husband because he was in advertising, so he did midnight finishes. And somehow in the middle of all of that there was a third baby conceived. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> How that happened? Well, it was um, all a bit of a blur. <laughs> it was a blur. I think it was one night after too many wines. But, um, you obviously was... had some spare time somewhere in there. <laughs> I think it was a long weekend. <laughs> um, but then he was the third baby was not planned, but of course was divinely planned because he was the cracking open that I desperately needed. So I was still living that crazy lifestyle until at 28 weeks. I went into early labour at work. It was the middle of the federal election and um, the contractions were coming every three minutes and I was in hospital and getting advised by all of the specialists that this was not looking good because he was a very small baby and um, was having the injections to stimulate his lungs and all of this stuff and, thank goodness, modern medicine managed to slow the contractions down and I stayed in hospital for five days trying to keep him in. And the doctors were, the specialists were very, very clear with me. They said there is no medical reason for this baby trying to be born. It's your lifestyle. Mm. It's the way that you've been living. It's your lack of sleep. It's your stress levels. It's your job and you can't go back to work. And that was horrifying to me. I literally said, but it's a federal election. I can't <laughs> leave now. Um, you know, I'm doing the election coverage. And as those words came out of my mouth, I was horrified. So I spent five days really very deep soul searching in the hospital, wondering why I'd done this, uh, how ironic it was that I write about and interview people about self-care when I never practiced it myself and downloaded my first proper meditation and then spent the next 10 weeks trying to keep him inside of me and lying on the couch learning how to meditate, doing everything I could to try and understand why I had this addiction to being busy and being successful and thinking that that's who I needed to be. And so from that moment onwards, it's still been a slow process. I had to go back to work at the ABC when he was one for financial reasons. But um, nearly two years ago, I resigned from the ABC. He's four now. So it's been about two years of me 
been at home full time and working with mamas around the world, teaching them pretty much the same things that I need to keep learning, which is how to honour ourselves as women, how to disconnect from this crazy masculine idea of success that we were taught when we were younger, how to reconnect to ourselves in a different way, how to understand how to be a mother when the world expects us to do so much all of the time Mm. and how to honour myself, really. So that's been my journey. And it's just... Terrible, isn't it? How and it's every, it's so many of us. We have to get to this almost rock bottom point of being absolutely terrified into doing something different, or horrified in some way. I mean, it must have been awful for you to realise that you had it was your your fault. You know, your lifestyle had caused the the possibility of your baby coming out way too early. Absolutely, you have and to when... take that on board, don't you? And that's very hard. I would never have learnt the lesson if I hadn't put one of my children at risk. I think this is the crazy thing about us is that we ignore our own needs, our own health. I mean, I had a thyroid disease. I had, like, the universe had whispered so many times to me that this is not working, Amy. This is not working. And I just didn't listen. I just, my ego loved it when women said to me I don't know how you do it Amy that just oh that was like the best compliment in the world because I thought that meant I was successful but you know when he was finally born that I was on daily medication to keep him in and they stopped the medication at 38 weeks and he was born two days later so when he was born at 38 weeks he was only 2.2 kilos Mm. at 38 weeks if he'd been born at 28 weeks he wouldn't have survived Mm. And that's just that's just my daily reminder that <laughs> yeah, it isn't even worth thinking about. It's is not it? even worth thinking no. about. And and it, and sadly, I think many of us. I hope not all of us, but many of us have to get to that point where we are looking at something that's scary to say. All right, I get it. Show me what to do. Yeah. Show me how to change because I don't know. I, to be honest, I didn't know how else to live. I I, I was that driven since I was seven years old so it was a massive unraveling and relearning and it's still happening all the time I still have to constantly figure out how to do this life without burning out and and connecting to what's important as as we all do don't we exactly um and I mean you talk specifically or a lot about a certain time in our lives and this being what we've touched on which is early motherhood Mm. the time between giving birth and then returning to the everyday world whatever that might mean for you Mm. what is it about this particular time in motherhood that intrigues you so much I think this is our opportunity as women to really pause for the first time in our lives and ask us what life we want ask ourselves what life we're creating because I know for me and now for the hundreds of other women that have connected with me over this, we do set what we think our life should look like at a really young age. You know, we are told amazing things about what women can do when we're younger and then we have these visions in our mind. As I said before, for me, I was going to be a foreign correspondent and I was also going to be an author and I was going to live in a New York penthouse. Like it was this crazy dream. Yeah. <laughs> I, did a, I did a presentation recently to a 250 business women, business mums, and I had these two slides up on the screen and I, <laughs> I said, this is who 
as a young girl, I wanted to be like, and I put up a slide, and one of them was Sally Sarah. She was the ABC foreign correspondent I most admired. And then the next slide was Heather Locklear from Melrose Place. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone in the room my age just laughed because they're like, yes, we have this. Oh, I just think it's so fascinating who we think we need to be. Mm. And we spend decades sometimes chasing that vision of who we think we need to be. And then along come these babies. And if we allow it, it can be the first time that we stop. We stop climbing the ladder. We stop rushing around. We stop doing so much and just be for a little bit because babies force you to be. They just make you sit on that couch and feed for hours and think if you can get off your phone. And... Really think about who am I, what life do I want to lead, is this really what's the most important thing to me, who do I want to be, all of those big questions. And some people, some mamas have that awakening, that realisation of this is, you know, this is a fork in the road for me really early on. And some of us, like me, it takes 10 years to finally go, oh, okay, I don't think I want that dream anymore. I think maybe things are different now. So I just think there's this beautiful opportunity when motherhood comes along for us to really hit pause and say, wow, okay, so what's this all about? It's interesting you should say because I can remember being on maternity leave with my first child and looking back at that time, it was one of the most beautiful times in my life because I was in the UK and it was summer, which is so beautiful there, however quick it may be. Mm -hmm. And it was such a peaceful time. I didn't actually have the kids and I had no idea how hectic life was going to be once I'd had a child mm. and then how much more hectic it was going to get when I went back to work and then when I had another child it was like the calm before the storm mm-hmm. and but it was such a brief period but really it's about perhaps elongating that period of peace um, and enjoying it when the babies come along not putting so much pressure on yourself to get back into everything so quickly because you're not doing yourself any favors, even though you think you're being a superwoman and you're just incredible. And it's about almost trying to prove to other people what you're capable is of doing. Is there a bit of a competition going on here, do you think, between us? Oh, absolutely. But also if we go back to that, if we use my story as an example, I didn't know who I was without my work. That had totally defined me for 30 years. Amy Taylor Cabaz was an ABC journalist. That's who she was. And yes, I was now a mum, but that didn't mean that I wasn't going to go and do all of those other things as well. Now, this isn't to say that you can't go back to the job that you had or, you, you know, you want to suddenly quit everything and start an Etsy business. This is not what this is about. But what it's about is that if we're not careful, once the babies come along, as you said, it gets so freaking busy that we can just find ourselves on that treadmill, which is what I did. It was just, I never stopped to pause and ask myself, is this really worth it? Is this what I want to do? Because I was just too busy treading water. Most of the women that I see, they've got a couple of kids by now, they're three, four, five years old maybe, and they've just suddenly looked up, caught their breath and thought, oh my God, 
where is this going? Mm. I am so burnt out. I am so stressed. I am not even enjoying my family. I am just, I have not stopped in five years. Is this what it's all about? It's kind of just using that opportunity to pause before it gets too crazy. And the fact that you're not enjoying your family as well, and I can relate to that. I can, you know, there's so many times when I'm just like, oh, I get in from work and I have to um, cook for the kids, and it just all feels like a burden. Exactly. And there's no enjoyment in there at all, and it's absolutely awful because I've got these two amazing girls who are just incredibly great company, but and there's nothing, nothing to do with them at all. You just you're trying to go back to something, but you've changed. Um, you've got kids, you can't go back to the way it was. It's changed permanently. Um, and that's what we have to accept. And we have to go with the flow almost, don't we? And, and accept that that change. That's uh, it. And, and I think the big part of this that I try and talk about with my mamas is the, the cycles and the seasons of life. You know, we've had that cycle of being independent and maybe career-focused, and now we're in a different season. We're in a different cycle. That doesn't mean we're not going to get back a time in our life where we're super passionate and committed to our own work again, and it's just going to look different. Mm. Right now, in this time, let's honour where we are. I think so much of our struggles as women come from our unacceptance of where we are right now and what we're actually capable of because society asks so much from us especially for your listeners the single mamas you know you're meant to be the everything and it's so hard to try and fill all of those areas of a life when it's just you and at the core of it you want to be a great mama you know, every single mum who does my programs or my coaching or even just hears me speak says when I ask them, I just want to be a good mum. Mm. But on our day-to-day level, we're trying to do the washing, make the money, do the housework, do this, do that, do that, do that, do that. And actually, being a great mum slips way down the priority list. It's crazy. Yeah, and what? And at the end of the day, what is being a great mum? Because exactly, you, is being a great mum making sure that all the washing is done and there's mm. a healthy meal on the table? Or is a great mum being somebody who's around to uh, play with their kids? There are so many definitions of what a good mum is. And again, we seem to follow society's um, rule that a mum, a good mum, is somebody who can do it all. But that exactly. isn't a good mum. A good mum is is a, is someone that you're. You know, we are all good mums to our kids. We are the best mums, and that's really important for us to remember. But um, just moving on um, from talking to you, from looking at your website, I know what you do. Um, I know that there's three things that you believe that we should focus on as mothers, and these are creativity, simplicity, and connection. Um, Even just reading those words, I feel calm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I think they are super important for single mums. Can you just explain why you talk about them a lot? Um, Tell us about them in a bit more detail. I mean, I think a couple of the simplicity and connection might be quite obvious, but the one that that everyone struggles with a little bit is this idea of creativity. I think as women, we've lost the art of being creative. Now, this doesn't mean that I 
I, you know, I am not a creative person in terms of painting or knitting or anything. I'm not even a great cook. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm just talking about something in your life that brings you joy. That's not for money. That's not for, oh, because the kids need you to do it or, you know, anything else. It's this part of you that soothes you. It's a part of you that you do because it's just Oh, so fulfilling. And it can be a yoga class. It can be, for me, writing is such my soul therapy. Um, it can be the garden. You know, so many mamas get their creativity through the way that they cook for their family. It can even be the way you dress. You know, choosing a particular pair of earrings in the morning is a beautiful way to, to connect with your creativity. But why I think this is so important is because it helps us stay in the moment. It helps us connect to ourselves as women and think about ourselves in a different way for a moment. And also, creativity is the opposite to that real masculine striving energy that so many of us have. When we're just going through our day looking at it like a massive to-do list, we're not tapping into that beautiful feminine energy that we have as women and as mothers. We're not creating anything, which is what we're here to do. So even if, it's quite bizarre to say this out loud because the feminist in me hates this, you know, hates the idea of me saying this because I don't want to say that it's a 1950s housewife lifestyle mm. I'm trying to, to embrace here, but I mean taking the time to sit down at a nice table with your family. Because we don't, do we? We don't don't. do that anymore. Taking the time to, as I said, it sounds crazy, but taking the time to pick some flowers on the way home with your kids from school and putting them in a little jar and putting them on the table. Taking the time to put some music on in the house. You know, just doing little things like that, I can't tell you the difference it makes. I mean, energetically, it totally switches off that real fight or flight part of your body and your energy you know we're all so burnt out we're all so frazzled and overwhelmed and if you stop and take the time to connect to just little creative pursuits through the day little creative ideas it actually switches that off and our our children are fabulous aren't they for allowing us to do that there's nobody better to get us into that uh, creative universe than our own kids Exactly. So, I mean, I would think that as women, we need to have little creative parts of our day, but we need something that's just for us. Mm. So, as I said, it could be it could be running, it could be uh, painting, it could be drawing, it could be whatever. It really doesn't matter. It's just, and you'll know it yourself because when you're doing it, you just feel different. You have a different energy, and time moves differently. So, mm. I think that's something we've really lost, as you said. And then the other two are, you know, simplicity would make, would seem quite obvious, but it's more than just decluttering. And there's so much talk now about decluttering and minimalism and everything. But I think this is more about getting back to your core values. You know, if we really look at the ideas around simplicity, it is having Sundays with no devices, it's about getting out in nature. I mean, I live in the inner west in Sydney. I live in a concrete playground. So this is Mm. absolutely a big part of our life that we're trying to create. It's choosing not to work at night. I I just don't do that anymore. It's, It's choosing to spend time as a family rather than rushing to a ballet lesson. It's... It's making values and choices around how we want to live our life. And then connection, for me, starts with the connection to ourselves. 
we really don't have that as women as much anymore. This is a real, it comes back to what we were talking about at the start, to really stopping and saying, who am I and what do I want to be and who am I underneath all of that pressure to be perfect? Um, connection through meditation, through mindfulness, um, through a real commitment to yourself to be the best you can be. And then, of course, that connection flows to your children, to your friends, to your support network, to everything else from there. So that's that's the three areas in my own life I've realised that I really need to work on to make this work. And I think connection's a very important one for single mothers. Mm. We often can feel isolated, lonely, even though we don't stop because we don't have a partner to share experiences with or to make decisions with. And that's why online spaces are really good for single mums to talk to each other and just share experiences, good and bad. So I think sometimes when you talk about those three words, connection is the one that for single mums, although the other two are both important, I think connection's a really important one. Um, and I think some people don't realise how important it is and it can be lost into people thinking it's depression or something or mm. they just feel down. But sometimes all it takes is connecting to yourself but also to another human being um, just for a five-minute chat sometimes and it can actually make you feel so much better. I think the power of when women come together, you and I both agree on this, it's transformational when you start to realise that you're not alone, that you're not the only one worrying about this or thinking about this or going through this. There is something truly powerful about that because when we dive into it, it's because at the very core of it we think that we are less than. So this is worse for me because... I screwed it up or this is worse for me because I'm a really bad person or you know if we really dive into the psychology behind it there's a story there that's saying this is worse for me because I'm worse so once we start to realize oh my god there's other people that have gone through this as well it starts to change that story about ourselves maybe it's not just me meaning maybe I'm not the bad one maybe I didn't screw it up maybe other people are like me too and that makes me okay and so it comes back to this sense of valuing yourself differently because if you honestly think you are the only one going through it then you will be judging yourself for that you will 100% be judging yourself as being worse than everyone else and so when we finally reach out with other women and learn that we're not the only one then we stop judging ourselves so much because we can see others are going through it too and that is the power of communities that you've created yeah just realizing that you're normal hold on other people do this as well that's right meaning (laughs) I'm not as such a terrible person as I thought I was exactly yeah that's so important it is and in fact I was going to ask you um about that because as you said, we're both into this um, community and empowerment amongst like-minded women. Um, I consider it almost a magical thing because um, it can really, really change individuals, but also huge groups of women and also the way that groups are seen within society as well. Um, now, I know that you've 
just you've been so busy haven't you Amy you've just had a weekend away and I was going to ask you about what you enjoy and why you think it's wonderful to bring people together perhaps you'd like to just tell us a bit about what you've been up to the last week with your um with your mummers who Mm. follow you I mean I think that's why I was so passionate when I was just answering that question because I've just spent a weekend it was here in Sydney but the mummers flew in from all over the country And we'd spent the first six months of the year together in an online program that I'd created called the Next Level Reconnect Program. So all of the mummers had done my six-week program and really loved it. And some of them had done it a couple of times. And they were the ones that really wanted to go to the next level of understanding who they are and how they can reconnect themselves and what life they want to lead and live. And then, so we'd spent six months, oh, it's just the best thing. We read books together and we do monthly calls and we just share. It's just amazing how much women can connect, even though it's online. And then out of the group of 30, 17 of them could fly into Sydney on the weekend. And for two days, we sat in circle in a beautiful space in Bondi Junction. And um We did a bit of yoga and all that stuff. But mostly we sat and we just held the space for each other. And the stories that came out as we moved around the circle, you know, can you imagine the tears and the laughter Mm. and the, the level of healing and transformation and it was just, it is seriously the best thing I do. And I feel so grateful to sit there and just look around this room and think, I can't believe I get to do this as a job. It's just so cool. But every one of those women when you broke down what they were sharing was underneath all of it was, I'm not enough. Mm. Isn't that sad? It is. And it's because we truly feel like that as women, most of us, is that there's something about us that's not enough, not perfect enough, not busy enough, not loved enough, not loving enough, not kind enough, whatever it is. There's this level of not feeling like we're enough. In other words, we need to change something about ourselves to be perfect and it's really heartbreaking but I feel it myself in in certain areas of my own life still so it's really something that we can heal when we come together as a group of women it's really really powerful and I don't really do anything I we all just sit there and hold the space for each other and hearing each other's stories helps all of us heal together it's amazing and having that space and having people listen to you makes you feel good it makes you feel oh. valued that people want to hear it but it's also exhausting isn't it feeling oh, all yeah. these negative feelings about yourself you know cr- you know if you can just lay some of them to rest and let good things come into the space that you create it's going to change your life massively straight away so and I just have to say as well 17 ladies from a course of 30 did you say yes so that is an amazing turnout for people actually dropping their lives their kids Mm. their husbands and getting on a plane and flying to Sydney so well done that's that just shows what you're doing is working so well done Amy thank you and I've got one more quick question for you so Happiness, quality of life and parenthood, we've already said, it means different things to different people. So tell me, Amy, what is it that makes you a happy mama? This is a question I ask everybody at the end of my podcast too. And every time a mama answers the question, I think, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I'd said that. (laughs) So uh, there are so many levels to this answer for me. 
but I think at the very, very core of it, it means that I am happy with who I am. It really means that I have cleared and healed all of the crap of my own belief system and my own stories and my own negative energy and my own oh, baggage that I'm carrying into this life so I can then be 100% the real me with no fear and no holding back for them. I can't, I, I want them, my three children, to be so free of self-doubt and fear and not feeling like enough. And the only way I can do that is if I do that myself. So to be a happy mama, it's just this real commitment to figure out how to be happy myself because then when I'm in that space, I don't yell. I see them for who they really are. I'm patient. I'm present. I say the right words to them that I can see on their faces it was exactly what they needed to hear. But if I'm not in that space, then I can't do that. So I have to, it's, it's actually about completely making myself happy first. I'm nodding here vigorously because I agree <laughs> so much with, with that. And when you mention the word negative energy, I mean, it's awful, isn't it, that we pass that on to our children, sometimes without even realising it, the poor little souls. We might be feeling bad about ourselves and we just pass it on to them. So it's really important to get your own self in order in order to teach them and give them a happy life um, with the good energy that's coming from you. Uh, so I, I totally sorted. agree. Yeah, yeah. So look, we're coming to the end of what we've got time for because mm -hmm. we are also coming up to school pickup time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, can I just say you've got such a calming way about you. This is the second time we've had a chat and I feel so relaxed when I talk to you. Oh, so I can yes. imagine, yeah, I can imagine how the ladies who do your courses feel. Yeah, you've definitely got something about you that makes me feel very calm and relaxed and content. So, and I can, that's coming through the airways to me at the moment. Oh, um, now, I know you've been busy with your workshops. Can you just tell my lovely single mums listening what's next for you and where they can go to find out more about you? Yes, absolutely. So happymama.com.au. We have a couple of stories come out each week. Lucy, your podcast should be released. I don't know when this is going live, but yours is out this week. Oh, looking forward to that. <laughs> so the podcast is Happy Mama Movement and um, on Facebook and Instagram and everything. But I would love to offer your mamas a, a free meditation to just sort of help them start to slow down and connect to themselves in a different way and just to breathe deeply and know that they can honour their own needs for a few moments a day. If they can do it every day, it would be amazing, but whenever they need it because that's, that's kind of where it all starts is just taking out those 10 minutes a day for yourself and then seeing how amazing the change can be from that. So I'd love to offer that to your listeners. Oh, that's absolutely fabulous. Thank you. And I'm I'm getting into meditation as well at the moment. So I will really be trying to recommend to people that they do that. So how would they go about getting that from you, Amy? So I'll send you a link. Okay. So and I'll then... put that link on my website with the podcast and just make people aware where they can find it. 
That would be amazing. That's so lovely of you. Thank you so much. And thank you for chatting to us all today. It's been brilliant. Thanks, Lucy. It was really lovely. So to all you gorgeous single mums listening, there you have it. I would almost say that this is a kind of a revolutionary way of looking at parenting. (laughs) (laughs) It is really, isn't it? Um, You're giving yourself the love you deserve and recognising, understanding and embracing the way that motherhood changes you. Because, as we were just saying, by being kinder to yourself will in turn make you more relaxed, more centred and a much happier mama. And it doesn't matter if your kids are older, it doesn't have to be at the very beginning of the motherhood journey. This is something you can apply to any stage of motherhood, can't you? I'm, I'm sure you could, couldn't you, Amy? It doesn't have to be right at the beginning. I've actually had a grandma do my program and love it. So, there you have yeah. It. <laughs> so, all, all I have to say, ladies, is simplify it, savour it, and enjoy every minute of it. Until next time. Goodbye.